0: Bilingual in America. Tunei elloga fi America.
1: Bilinguismo negli Stati Uniti. Bilingue in America.
2: Serbilingue in America. I'm Suzanne Lasser. I'm Yarina Sanxiang And this is Bilingual in
1: America. Hi, I'm Yarina Sancion. Suzanne Lasser and I had the privilege of speaking with native-born New Yorker Luana Graves Sellers, who quickly discovered that weather-wise, she was really a misplaced Floridian. Even though she has a degree in journalism and Black history, she wasn't prepared to live on Hilton Head Island, one of the most culturally rich and historic areas of the South. A passion for her Gullah Geechee roots led her to become a cultural influencer and a preservationist through her writing, which is focused on educating others, as well as documenting Gullah culture, its history, and its people. In 2021, she started her own company, Sankofa Communications, which expanded into visual media, where she also writes, directs, and produces cultural videos and documentaries. The founder of the non-for-profits Low Country Gullah and the Low Country Gullah Foundation. Luana is also a keynote speaker and community activist who is doing her part to sustain and preserve Gullah Geechee culture for future generations.
0: I'm Suzanne Lasser, and today Yarina and I are joined by Luana Graves-Sellers to speak with us about a community that she is deeply devoted to and connected with personally, and that many of our listeners might be unfamiliar with, the Gullah Geechee community. Welcome Luana.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And when you introduce yourself, I think it would be important for you to share a little bit about the Gullah Geechee who they are, and the region that they're most associated with.
2: The easiest way to introduce myself is to just tell you a little story. Uh, I grew up in New York uh, on Long Island, and two of my aunts would always say that they were a Geechee. And so growing up, I didn't know what that meant. And as a child, my sister and I used to always, she was very Afrocentric, all of my life or our lives, and I was not. And so because she was Afrocentric, she would always identify herself as an African-American. And I would always identify myself as a Black American. But to me, I couldn't say that I was African-American because I didn't know Africa where. That was the the disconnect for me. I didn't know it, it was a continent, not a country or a specific culture. Within the last few years, I have moved to Hilton Head and it turns out that Hilton Head is located in the Gullah Geechee Corridor, which goes from North Carolina to Florida and about 35 miles inland from the sea, from the shoreline. That is the Gullah Geechee Corridor. And it's made up of about 350 uh, sea islands where enslaved people were able to maintain a blended culture um, from West Africa and all of the different countries that were brought to America during slavery. And so that's what the Gullah Corridor and the, the culture really is. So I started with the story because as a child, I didn't know what Gullah Geechee was. I didn't have a specific culture that when I was in elementary school and doing International Day and everybody was saying I'm Italian American and I'm Irish American or whatever, I couldn't say that the way that I can say that I am a proud Gullah Geechee American now. And so it's a culture that, like you said, a lot of people don't know. But it turns out that 80% of Black Americans who are descendants of slaves are descendants of a Galicici, um culture, which is huge. It's a, a mind blowing connection that I recently found as an adult, but I always think of those children who don't know that information.
1: I'm so honored that you're with us today and really bringing light to an important topic What would you say are some of the hallmarks of the Gullah Geechee culture for someone who maybe is unfamiliar?
2: It's interesting that you're asking me that Mm -hmm. because Gullah Geechee culture is African-American culture. It's Black culture. It's Black History Month. (laughs) You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's all of those things. Because there is such a large percentage of people that don't know and don't identify it. That's what drives my work to spread the word that there is a culture, it's a strong culture. A lot of the traditions in the black church come out of the Gullah community. There are just so many aspects of it because the uh, religious traditions that are Gullah were part of the original formation of the black church. So there's a lot of that. For instance, like we just had New Year's recently. So people traditionally have Hop and John and collard greens and cornbread for New Year's. That's a Gullah tradition that came out of the culture. Another one is um, the watch night service that also came out of the the Gullah culture the food southern cooking a lot of the like rice and beans and one pot dishes those are all Gullah dishes that came out of Gullah culture so there's so much that is truly part of the culture that people just don't know that they can make that connection with
1: I really appreciate um, those specific examples, because I think we forget, why do we do the things we do?
2: Exactly.
1: Right? And what was the origin of that? And the significance of that is so important to to tell those stories. Yes.
0: Luana, you know, in addition to culture, right, here on Bilingual in America, we focus a great deal on language and all that comes along with it. Can you share a bit about the origins of Gullah Geechee language and any of the intentional efforts that are being
2: made right now to preserve it? The Gullah culture is one of only a few indigenous cultures in America. So that's um, significant in itself, as well as with the Gullah language, because the Gullah language literally was a blending of, various West African countries so that they can communicate. Think about it, if you had um, enslaved people from five different countries from in Africa, they couldn't communicate with each other, but they found some similarities in either the language that they could, could combine with English words, which is what they were being forced to speak, and therefore you have the Gullah language. But what was also ingenious about it was that it was a way of communicating in code so that slave owners or people who they didn't want to understand or know what they were talking about, that they could speak without being understood. For instance, if someone was trying to escape, they could talk about the escape route or you know what you needed to do in order to do that. You know, it's really an ingenious language. Unfortunately, over time, a lot of people who spoke Gullah did not pass it down, because as as education became a a staple in being able to access and grow in your education, um, once enslavement was over, It became something where a lot of people were just embarrassed about speaking in the way that they spoke. And because of that, or either they were embarrassed or they were told it sounded ignorant. And so for both of those reasons, the language was not really passed on the way that it should have been. Yes, there are some people who still speak Gullah, but unfortunately, it's becoming a dying language because the traditional pride that should have been passed down through the generations wasn't there. People recognize it now. And, and I hear every day people saying, you know, my grandmother spoke that, but I didn't know what she was saying. And now I don't know how, but I wish I did. So unfortunately, that's where the language is. You know, there are some people who are trying to revive the use of it, but unfortunately it will or can go away if it's not preserved, just like the culture.
0: Yaina and I have spoken uh, with many guests and the same challenge continue to present itself. Yet we live in a country where where English is not the official language, but everything else is always looked at as less than. And there are other examples you know, whether it was through forced assimilation where language was put to the side and people didn't want to speak it for fear of being abused or because everyone wanted to fit in. Right. And those are ramifications. And so we continue to try and remind everyone, hold on to your home language. Hold yes. on to that piece, because as you said, the pendulum swings and now people are, are wishing that they could have an opportunity to understand and, and learn more about the language that is such a part of their family shared history.
2: Yes, and you know, one of the things that, I have a lot of followers, so I, you know, it's, it's fascinating to, to um, start conversations or hear the conversations that are a result of the work that I do. And it fascinates me to find that there are people who may be Gullah, don't know that they're Gullah, or they'll say someone else in the family was Gullah. And I'm like, but you're a Gullah too, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And because of that, you need to be able to understand that you have this rich, richly significant culture that is, to be honest, part of the foundations of the of America, that people don't recognize the the strength and value in that. It's a challenge, but it's it's definitely a worthy challenge to take on.
1: Absolutely, I want to shift the conversation a little bit now. Um, still connected, but you know, systemic racism is pervasive and really works to derail and delay progress and opportunities, right? In terms of quality and access for black and brown communities. Knowing this reality, why is land preservation and heirs property protection so vital in places like Hilton Head?
2: Great question. Absolutely great question. Just like the language, the land is the greatest asset that the culture has right now and heirs property is land that could have been purchased by an enslaved person when they came out of um, enslavement uh, back in the 1800s in a specific attempt to provide for future generations and so basically what would happen is that person would have the land maybe they bought 200 acres or something like that and when their older son you know got married that son would have a house on that land and then so on and so on and so on because of that generational land and because of the proximity to the coastline gentrification and development has been a significant negative effect on Gullah land and so The systemic racism that is involved with that is that there are not enough protections that exist in order to enable Gullah families to keep the land that they have had for hundreds of years. And it's a pervasive problem. Uh, Just to give you an example, I told you about the corridor being from North Carolina to Florida. At one point, there was um, about 1.3 million acres that was Gullah-owned heirs property. Today, within the corridor, it's about 100,000. Now, if Mm -hmm. I take that down to Hilton Head, I know it's mind-blowing, but if I take that down to Hilton Head, at one point, there were 3,500 acres that were Gullah-owned. Today, it's less than 700 and we're losing acre by acre every single day. There are no protections on Hilton Head specifically. There are a lot of town regulations and even county regulations that prevented people from being able to build houses on their land. Uh, So if you come to Hilton Head and you make a right or left turn off the, the main road to 78 that goes through, through the island, you'll see a lot of mobile homes and people wonder why they're mobile homes. Well, they're mobile homes because the town changed the, the codes so, for development. So in the past, if a Gullah wanted to build a house, kind of like the Amish, the community would come together They would, you know, if someone was familiar with the masonry or the carpentry or whatever, they would come together, they'd build a house and you could build a house affordably. But now there are so many regulations that any development is considered being built by a developer, it becomes cost prohibitive, and so that's why the island has the pockets of mobile homes that they do, because exactly because of that systemic racism that exists, which prevents the the Gullah from being able to utilize their land and or build the kind of structures on their house that they, they would like to.
1: Unbelievable.
2: Oh. It is. It, it really is. And, and, you know, it's unfortunate because Growing up as a child, I came to Hilton Head as a tourist, (laughs) you know, from Hmm. 10 to however. And so I never made those left or right turns like most people don't. And Hilton Head is a a world-class community, tourist destination, which is what it's known for. The golf, the beaches, restaurants, all of those kind of things. But the Gullah community is the foundation of the island. There were Gullah who were living on the island independently up until 1956 when they built the bridge to come over. And at that time, there were only two white families that were on the island. The rest of the residents were were, um, Gullah. Fast forward to today, the amount of Gullah that are here and trying to, to fight to keep what land that they have it's a huge problem because if someone wants to build a new house, let's say my family has had this property for, you know, since 1888, and and my taxes are say $400 a year for my property. But if someone buys the property next door to me and decides to build a house, let's say 3000 square feet or whatever, you know, a large size house, my taxes are now not grandfathered in but are reflective of the neighborhood because of that development so some people their taxes may go from four hundred dollars a year to three thousand dollars a year because of that development it's heartbreaking because if you have someone who's on a fixed income or whatever the situation may be or maybe the land isn't even developed there's nothing you can do. You you know, the money that you have is the money that you have. So that's part of the fight and the work that I do. Um, I actually have the Low Country Gullah, which is the writing and everything that we've talked about. But I also have the foundation that helps to change that situation. It's at a critical state. And if we don't protect acre by acre, it's going to be gone. I I have no words
1: for this. It's It's the... A story that happens over and again and we don't realize that we continuously repeat this pattern in history. Yes. And it's unjust and it has to be right. It's your yes. work is really important, Luana. Your work Thank is you. is crucial truly because people who go there on holiday don't realize the backstories stories and, and the front stories that are yes.
2: shaded. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, we were talking earlier, you know, that it's a labor of love. It really is. I found a culture and an identity that is in crisis. And so I can't stand on the sidelines and watch it go by. I, I just can't. Absolutely.
0: Our hashtag here on Bilingual in America is speak your beauty. And I'm curious, for you. What does that look like or sound like
2: for the Gullah Geechee community? Oh, wow. The culture is beautiful. It is what I describe as part of the woven fabric of America, which is so ingrained in who we are as Americans, that that is its beauty. And That is part of why when I hear that someone doesn't know about it, that they can begin to recognize all of the things that the Gullah Geechee culture is made of, the strength and the survival and the dedication to self-reliance and even loyalty to a country that um, enslave them. But it's also a culture that through through it all, it's still here. It's as contemporary as it is traditional. And to me, that's what makes it beautiful.
1: Hmm. Suzanne and I so appreciate that you speak your beauty by preserving and teaching about the Gullah Geechee community. Um, I we wanted to ask you, uh, sure. what are you excited about and what's coming up And where can people find out more information about the beautiful work that you
2: do? Oh, my gosh, I've got so much going on right now. (laughs) I do write several articles a month. I have a website. It's lowcountrygala.com. And so tons of articles and information. It's a great resource for uh, the culture, the traditions, and the history. The newest thing on the Lowcountry Gullah block, (laughs) so to speak, Mm. is I am finishing up a documentary. It's my third that I've done. Uh, The first one is uh, on Mitchellville. Hilton Head is home to Mitchellville, which is the first town for freedmen in America, uh, where they were self-governed and compulsory education came out of Mitchellville uh, in the state of South Carolina. So the the first one was on um, Mitchellville and the first families that lived uh, there. The second one is on Juneteenth, the birth of freedom, the history of the holiday from the very beginning And if you didn't know, Juneteenth was the origins of the Black Family Reunion from that until the holiday that uh, was just passed this last year. But the but the newest one is on Harriet Tubman, who's my hero. Um, And uh, a lot of people only know about Harriet Tubman and her work on the Underground Railroad, but she was actually a spy. And she was the first Black woman to work with the Union Army to strategize and accomplish freeing over 750 slaves on the combe River, which is in Beaufort County, which is the county that Hilton Head is is in. I'm shedding light on her, her story. And uh, so in addition to the website, I also have a YouTube channel if anybody is interested in going to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. When I do either long videos like this or even shorts on different different stories, uh, they all go on, on uh, the YouTube channel. So you can find me there or you can find me on any social media, <laughs> Facebook and, and Instagram and uh, LinkedIn and uh, Twitter too. So I'm kind of all over the place.
1: <laughs> you are a very busy woman, but you, your work is extraordinary. Thank you. You teach. You're teaching and bringing light to such important information and a topic that we want to preserve. We thank you so much for spending this time with us. Oh, you're absolutely
2: welcome. And we look forward to having you
1: back. Absolutely.
2: Whenever you want me to come back, just let me know. I'll be happy to do that.
1: Ancestors of the Gullah Geechee people brought to this country a rich heritage of African cultural traditions and art, food, music, and so much more. To connect with Luana Sellers, please go to lowcountrygullah.com. Low Country Gullah was developed to promote and document the rich significant Gullah culture and its contributions. It is a source for all things Gullah until next time speak your beauty thank you for your interest in the stories we share by sharing following and liking our podcast on anchor.fm bilingual in america in our instagram blog at bilingualinamerica.podcast you are speaking your beauty we welcome your comments and feedback follow us like us Share us.